ML Nation, episode 222. If you take whatever your biggest struggle, you figure it out and you turn that into a business, it'll be the best decision of your life. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. For just $1, you can get all access to over 17 training courses, weekly coaching, you can ask me questions, 30 newsletters, and network with top distributors. Go get a dollar trial to MLM Nation Insider at MLMNationInsider.com. Again, that is MLMNationInsider.com. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan. And before we start, make sure you check out our partner, Networking Times. If you like MLM Nation, you love Networking Times. Each issue is packed with amazing training stories just like MLM Nation. Go check it out at mlnation.net forward slash times. And now here's today's iTunes review today. And this comes from CP2 out in Australia. It says, Golden Nuggets. Love, love, love the show. Addicted to it and always hanging for the next episode. Best listen for the drive home. Thanks, Simon and team. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, CP, for taking the time to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, it really mean a lot. I read every one of these. It inspires me to keep going because it does take a lot of time and work, not just for me, but with also four other people, two or five of us, who work hard to put together three trainings a week for you. So thank you, CP. And l- listeners out there, uh, if this show has helped you in any way, please take one to two minutes to uh, give back and leave a review on iTunes. Just subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. That's the only thing we ask from you. So please do that. And uh, with that said, let's go to today's training. ML Nation, this is Simon Chen, and I'm fired up to bring you a special show today. The Purple Episode. So why purple? No, it's not my favorite color, but it's a tribute to the Purple Cow written by Seth Godin, which is one of the best marketing books I ever read. I read it in 2005, and it taught me how to be different and to stand out. The lessons I learned in that book helped me build a six-figure passive income MLM business, as well as launch a successful coaching and training business and build three different online brands. So I'm calling it a purple episode as a tribute to Seth Godin, because if it wasn't for his book, I probably wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be, definitely wouldn't be doing the show, and you would not be listening to MLM Nation. The main lesson from the purple cow is that you must do everything to be different and stand out. So that's why this is a purple episode, because it is different and stands out from the rest of the shows we do on ML Nation. Each purple episode will pop up randomly, and it's going to be a ton of fun, and most importantly, you get a tremendous business education. So today, we have a special guest. It's an incredible story. When I first talked to him, learned about all the... I mean, you think you got a bad day? Man, wait till you hear his story, the stuff, the crap that he had to go through in his life. And to go through that, to be where he is, and he also built a successful uh, network marketing business, uh, one of them that still pays him a residual income today. So his name is Steven Munson. Steven, are you ready to make it happen? I'm fired up. This is one of the most exciting moments of my life. Thank you for having me, Simon. Steven Munson has been a six-figure earner in network marketing in two previous companies and still earns residual income from one of them. He's been also a peak performance coach and then the right-hand man to a co-owner of an MLM company, David Sharp. Today, Steven uses his real-life story of how he overcame 16 years of addiction, over a decade of poverty, and other personal tragedies to help to really to share his lessons learned and help others achieve more in life. Stephen started his entrepreneurial journey at the age of five, selling pancakes and orange juice, to later on owning a modeling agency, and then even things like selling marijuana. Along his turbulent journey, Stephen also encountered MLM. He built two successful network marketing businesses, and it helped him on his path to recovery. Today, Stephen's passion is to help others grow in health, wealth, and ultimately find their true happiness. He recently launched his own network marketing company, and his tagline is, it's on you. So, Stephen, I've given ML Nation just a very, very brief intro of all your whole journey. But please share more about your background. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. I mean, I'm just a dyslexic ex-drug addict 
that turned my mess into a miracle. And as Simon was saying, for me, it was this road of tragedy, addiction, and poverty. And when I look back, that was half of my life. And when I got 32 years old, I was like, what, what are you doing with your life? And we can get caught up in the mess. We can get caught up in the darkness of life. And that's what I did. You know, I let what happened to me when I was 16, my grandfather died in a tragic plane crash. And four years later, my very best friend, my brother Ryan, he died from a drug overdose. I mean, it was on my mom's couch. He went to a movie that night and one of those accidental things from taking a prescription drug. And nobody in our family could have expected it. You know, it rocked us hard. But see, I went to emotional survival mode. And when I turned 20 years old, I said, what do my brother want to do? And I decided to do what I thought he wanted to do. And I went to the nightclub business. And at 20 years old, when you're, you know, in your hometown, it's probably not the best thing to get over a tragedy of losing your brother by getting into an, a, party, a party scene. But Simon and you know, everybody listening, that's what I did. And I was really good at it. I created one of the most fun, exciting businesses in the town I grew up in, Cocoa Beach, Florida. And it was a coyote, ugly style you know, environment where – you know, I knew that I needed to do something to grab people's attention like you were bringing up earlier. And my whole thing was, well, let's let the girls dance in the bar and we'll get DJs and we'll just have a blast. And it was successful financially for a while. Um, I was also the cool guy, but that led me on a tough road, a tough road, because I started adapting a limiting belief that I had to drink to have fun. I had to drink to be loved, which led to my 16 years of addiction. And I, when people say addiction, I'm always wondering which level it was. For me, you know, it was just basically anything from cocaine to Xanax to, you know, substance abuse, drinking all the time, gambling, sex addiction. It just was a long, dark road. And that's what I did, though. That's what I did because I, I didn't know how else to live. And it wasn't because I grew up in a bad neighborhood. It wasn't because my parents weren't there and didn't love me. You know, during the middle of our lives, we can get hit with something, and that can reshape the rest of our life. So when I, I told you, I, I want to yeah. interrupt here. I want to uh, bring something because when we were talking the other day, I think one thing that fascinated me was um, you grew up in a pretty good family. Yes, I did. Yeah, and that's what that I mean. That, that you know, a lot of times we think all oh, these kids will become addiction and all that. And to me, I think that matters a lot because I'm a father now. So I'm thinking about how can I create. And as we're recording this, I think this is probably one of the last shows I ever do in my old house. We're actually about to move to Palos Verdes, a very upscale neighborhood with one of the best public schools in entire California. Because I want to create an environment for my kids. So I'm, then I'm talking to you, and you're telling me you grew up in a good family, but you still, you and your brothers, still kind of ended up like that, right? Yeah, we just started rebelling. And, you know, I think that parents, a good thing for parents to realize, it's not always their fault. It wasn't what my parents did or didn't do. But, you know, I think with society, a lot of it was you felt like you had to go a particular direction. And when I was growing up, it was the track society. You know, before that, it was you work at the factory, get a job at the factory. Then it was go to school, get an education, get a degree, graduate, you know, 401k retirement plan, be successful, you know, uh, white picket fence, get married, fall in love. And that's what everybody was told, Simon. And so I'm like, you know, I don't know. I don't really want to go that direction. So I started to rebel. And, you know, me and my brother just, we went off on our own little thing, you know, created our own world. And it, it definitely led to a lot of destruction. So uh, you were getting back to your story. You were uh, in addiction, doing a party scene. Um, how did you account through network marketing? Was it, be, I mean, was it before you woke up one day and said, hey, my life has got to change? Or that kind of you first bumped into it while you, you were doing your party scene? Sh- share a little bit more about that. I was, when I was born, my parents were 
and, and I don't know to mention his name, but the, the oldest company around, the biggest of biggest of big of all time, they were in this company and I was born and I went to my first network marketing company when I was one month old. Now, of course, I don't remember it, but I think it was like Dexter Yeager, somebody was on the stage, you know, getting people fired up. And I was in the culture young and I went on and when I turned about right around the same age in my early 20s, I started to get into the traditional companies and I was, you know, leveraged into a great leader, you know, right at the beginning. And I started, you know, I was like all motivated and excited and I'm carrying around the products and I'm like trying to get my friends to buy it. And for me, it was weird because I'm doing like a health product, but I'm running a nightclub. So it was like a balance, like, you know, we'll have martinis, we'll wake up hungover and let's take this health product. So it never was going to work, but I had all the elements, you know, the good mentor, the right timing, the right company. In fact, one of the first companies I started to build, they went on to be a billion dollar company. My team had millions of volume, but I I don't even think I ever if I ever earned a paycheck, it was nothing to, you know, definitely nothing to talk about or mention today. But that's where I got I got into it early. And I always loved working with people, which the challenge I had for I had a lot of jobs, so I wasn't always an entrepreneur. Because I struggled with entrepreneurship that, you know, I went through the 2007-2008 crash where I was heavily invested in real estate, lost all my stocks, all my money, lost a lot of my money. You know, my mom and I did some partnerships together. We lost a tremendous amount of money, had to start over. So I had jobs. I worked as valet, a cashier, busboy, prepping, you know, food. I, you know, worked in office, cubicles. Different off. I mean, I I tried everything and I kept running into the same problem. It was I was building somebody else's dream. I was working hard on my job and I wasn't working hard on myself. And I felt very limited. You know, if somebody's offering you $80,000 a year, even with commissions, there's a limit there as a person. And I just felt like we are unlimited beings. We have this incredible potential. So I think I had that in my spirit, but I wasn't living it in my life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so share a little bit more about the 20s, because, you know, I think when uh, you always say you have 14 friends that passed away, either from drug addiction or car accidents. Yeah. And I don't I don't say that like it's people that I just knew. This was my best friends. These were the people that I was spending all my time with. So. My brother died when I was 20, and then for the next two years, I didn't have anything crazy happen, but I was about 22, and I remember the the guy who was working for me at the time. He was uh, somebody I went to high school with, and he was working in my restaurant in my nightclub in the kitchen area, and we were really good friends, and and then just like the next day, he doesn't come to work, and I, I hear you know he died from a drug overdose as well, and where I grew up, there was like an a mini epidemic going on. And I think it's a lot of the kids dealing with the same things, which are identity issues. See, for me, and I started to realize it was seeking of acceptance from other people because of the inability to accept and love yourself. So that started something that rocked my world. I remember a guy named John Best, and he was my absolute best friend. And this was in my mid-20s, 25, 26. I'd already lost another few friends um, a guy, Keith, bet one of my, I mean, I'm living with Keith and he goes and drives his motorcycle and, and gets in a car wreck. And then, you know, a couple days later, a friend Noah dies from a drug overdose. And these are people that I've known for 10, 15, 20 years that I went to school with, that I lived right next door to. So they weren't just random people. And I remember when John Best, I got the phone call from my mom and It was so strange this day because when she called me and said, hey, they found John in his car and he they think he was drugged or something and robbed. And I was just with him a couple days before that. We were laughing about life and all these things that we still wanted to do and accomplish. I remember when my mom called me and I basically just said, you know what, whatever. I was jaded to it. I really began to believe that that's the way life was. You love somebody, they get ripped out of your life, they're gone for good. That's the way it is. 
And that led to struggles in my relationships because every time I would fall in love, I would get scared that that person would be gone all of a sudden. So I wouldn't fully commit. You know, I'd get like 30, 40, 50, even 80% committed as a person. And then I get scared, so fearful of what would happen if it didn't work out or they weren't there that I would, you know, create devastation in the relationship. So, of course, it took a long time to be aware of this, but that's what was going on over and over and over. I would fall in love and get scared and leave it go because somebody else in my life who I loved, they were gone. And all of this, the trauma led to the addiction. And what I mean by that is when I started to go on the inside and say, I'm not good enough, I'm not loved, I'm not accepted, I then went to using drugs and alcohol because I felt like when I got drunk or when I got high, that people liked me. And that led to poverty because what I would do was I would go and pay for a bottle of liquor that I couldn't afford or the hotel room or the trip to Vegas or you know the, the, the vacation I certainly couldn't afford. But I wanted to do it because I wanted to be accepted ultimately because in life our biggest fear is that we aren't loved. And that's the whole way I was living my life. And I mean, it it's hard to get so deep about it. I've been writing a book and when I have to go back and face it, because this wasn't just a couple years, a couple friends. I mean, 16 years from when I was 16 years old to when I was 32 years old, addiction. And that's either drinking, smoking, you know, Xanax, cocaine on a frequent basis. And I was fooling other people because other people thought I was really happy and I was dead on the inside. So what was the turning point? What turned things around? In, I was in, I struggled my way to Hawaii. My mom calls me. She's like, you got to come out here. I'm like, I got, I can't make it out there. I had $80 to my name. I was in a Greyhound bus going to Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia to start my life over and to get another job. 32 years old. I remember riding the Greyhound bus and my mom's out in Hawaii on a, you know, like a month long trip. And she's like, you got to come out here. I'm like, "I, I can't even get a ticket. She's like, We'll get you a one-way ticket, and then you know, you'll be able to figure it out to get home. And I was battling because my spirit was saying, you got to do this. You got to go. But logically, I said, you got to go to Atlanta. You got to get this job and start your life over, which seemed like worse than the situation I was going in. And I just – that night I made the decision. Well, you can go to Hawaii, and you can always go back and get that job. And I did it. I got on that one-way ticket the next morning. I flew out there. Crazy story. I get to the Hawaii. My luggage is lost. The, the airplane lost my luggage. And I had, you know, at that time, I was heavily addicted to Xanax because I thought I needed them to feel regular. So when I get there, my luggage is lost. I have no shoes. So I'm going on a hiking trip, and I have $80 to my name. I get into the airport. Or the first thing, I got to go to Walmart and get a pair of shoes to go hiking. And my mom's there, my aunt and my cousin, and I just feel like embarrassed. You know, I'm 32. I don't even have any money. And that trip, it was my mom's birthday. I remember she said, I asked what she wanted to do for her 56th birthday. And she said, my dream is to kayak around the Nepali coast here in Kauai. And it's a 17-mile kayak trip. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, well, uh, am I going to be able to make it? You know, I'm so insecure at this time that I was a little frightened. But when I got out there in the middle of this ocean, seeing the, the, these beautiful mountains with the waterfalls and the rainbows, and you're out in nature and you're fully connected, I was like, I began to remember that I had faith and I believed that I was created for a purpose. And it was out there in this, you know, place of there's everything but my problems and my fears, you know, there's all this masterful creation and you see all this stuff and you start to remember how strong we are and how powerful we are and we can do everything. And that trip, I stayed. I remember getting to the beach, feeling just this sense of gratitude and strength that I had forgot that I had inside of me. And it was a couple days later and I looked at my mom. I said, I'm staying here. And she says, I knew you would. And she left a couple days later. And I stayed three years later. And the three things I did was I put my faith first. I was always a believer, but I never really put that first. I put my faith first. 
And I worked hard on myself second. I always worked hard on my job. I always worked hard on the career. I never worked hard on myself. And it's something else I can talk about, a rituals that I do every day. And I worked hard on myself. And then number three is I had a project that was bigger than my problem. I started to put all my effort into the project that was so much bigger than my problems because the problems are irrelevant when you have a project to focus on. Hmm. Um, just to backtrack a little bit, um, for those who don't know, what is Xanax and uh, what type of drug is it? Because some people may not be familiar. Yeah, great question. It's actually a prescription drug for anxiety and stress. Hmm. And so first it was like, you know, kind of like you'd take it and you would feel this, you know, freedom or whatever. So in a social environment and made you feel like you could talk to people. I'm very, it's easy for me to talk to people. And I didn't realize that, and, it, and this is for anybody, this can relate to anybody, especially right now what's going on. It's always about take this pill and, you know, take this and uh, antibiotics and painkillers and sleeping aids. I had to do them all. I took Ambien for sleeping, Xanax for stress, and those are prescriptions. I, I promise that Xanax creates stress. It does. It's the reason that you have it because you don't learn how to cope with what you're really dealing with. So it masks that. Hmm. With the Ambien too, that's the reason I couldn't sleep because I was addicted to a sleeping agent. So yeah, those are tough things. So how did network marketing, uh, and then you built like a six-figure income in network marketing. How did you go from, did it happen in Hawaii? Or what, what happened there? It, I remember meeting Dave Sharp and he, I was an affiliate with the company and he came out and he, he just, we were sitting there talking and we realized we had similar, similar stories of overcoming addiction. And he asked me the question that literally changed the rest of my life. He said, have you shared this with anybody else? And I remember saying, no, I was actually ashamed that I was a drug addict before I was ashamed that I had so much, you know, poverty I was ashamed of it. And he said, so let me get this right. You live in Hawaii, paradise, and you've overcame all of these things of pain. If you were just simply talking about that to people and putting that out there, you would be amazed with what happened. And that day I made a video and I put it up on social media. And from there on out, that's all I did. I started just to tell people my story. There's such a power behind vulnerability that everybody's missing out on. No matter what you've been through, your story of your struggle is your wealth. So you figure out whatever you struggle with that you've overcome, people need to hear that because that's really where they're going to connect with you. And that's what happened. I started to tell people what I had overcome. And next thing you know, there's people that are coming to me, that they're inboxing me and reaching out to me and say, thank you for sharing that story because I'm dealing with this as well. Somebody in my family is dealing with this as well. And that was about, you know, four years ago. It really changed my life because even till today, just yesterday, somebody reached out to me and said, hey, my son wrote a suicide letter and I had to read it. And the first thing I said is, let me get on the phone with your son. And it's that people trust you. People trust somebody that's willing to share their darkest you know, secrets, their skeletons that they dealt with, because then they're, uh, they're saying, well, this person's very open. They're willing to talk about it. I can speak to them openly. So I'm, I'm very blessed and fortunate that when people get a chance and they talk to me, they don't, you know, sugarcoat it. They tell me right away what's going on because that's what I've done as an example for them. You put up a really good point, and it's about, you know, we know network marketing it's about crafting stories. And I think a lot of distributors, even the listeners here, they feel that they, you know, haven't made it yet. So they don't have a good story. And they don't realize it's the, your darkest moments, your point, your struggles that make your story attractive. Because like what Steven shared, people, there are people out there who's going through the same stuff you go through. And that's how they connect. And Stephen also brought a great point. It's like when you become vulnerable, when you put the you know take the skeletons out of closet and show them, be like, wow, you know, Stephen's showing me this, and these are kind of like embarrassing things or things that he should be ashamed of. But he's showing me that he's trusting me first, and then afterwards, whatever he says, I'm going to trust him as well. And so you're listening to. It. I think the big takeaway is, and also like if you haven't had success, most of your prospects are probably not going to relate to your success much. 
right? But they can relate to your struggles way, way, way better. So look, go through your life history. What are some things that you feel that you need to, like maybe you're, you, and one of my mentors, Robert Allen, told me this, Stephen, is like your worst moments in your life, those are the best ingredients for your story. Exactly. So what was the turning point? Why, did, uh, why were you successful? I mean, obviously, you crafted your story. Why were you successful uh, at this time in network marketing and you were not successful before? It's a lot to do with messaging. You know, if it's the mission that I was on all of a sudden, the rituals that I applied in my life and the messaging. And I think that's important. Anybody in network marketing, it's so heavy on messaging that what we do is we get too elaborate and we need to simplify it. That's why I like to say it's on you. It's three words. It takes it off of me. It's on you. And, you know, other things like the best is yet to come. This is the beginning of a beautiful, lifelong friendship. So there's so much messaging in there that I started to do that. And I, you know, I decided that, number one, I'm going to tell my story and I'm going to tell it openly. And I'm going to share my story with as many different people in as many different ways as possible. So I started to make a video every day. I started to make podcasts. I started just to put them out there. And trust me, I didn't have a list. I didn't have a budget. I had no idea how to to grow a business online or offline. All I knew was my story. And then I knew how to speak to people openly. That didn't mean it was always politically correct or the right thing to say at the right time. And in fact, if you just shoot straight with people, but you do it direct and with compassion, everyone's going to connect with you on some level because they don't think that you're telling them what to do. What they, what they see is you're sharing your story and in a way that inspires and motivates others. And I just did that. So I started, you know, every single day I'd make a video and they weren't perfect. And I'd put it up on YouTube and on Facebook and I didn't know how to do the SEO or the messaging. In fact, my biggest week, my, my biggest weakness has become somewhat of my strongest strength. So about three years ago, I was posting on Facebook every day where I would write something. My mentor said to me, it was this moment of, oh man, he said, you market like a 13 year old in distress. And I'm like, huh? You know, I thought I was doing good. He said, look how emotional you, you, you are writing. And it's like every time something goes wrong, you express it in an emotional message. My encouragement to others is nobody really wants to hear the problems that you're dealing with. They want to hear the struggles that you overcame in a positive light. And that's what I did. I just said, be positive. Speak of the truth of what you overcame and show people simple steps how to do it. So I think what would be cool is if, if you think, Simon, I could share you know, what my ritual is that I use every day because this really helps me get on the path. And you know, a couple years ago when I said I just started to work hard on myself, I, I'm, I'm talking I wasn't worried about the job, the business. I worked hard on myself and other people started to connect with that and my teams began to grow. Because you know, all of a sudden you're like working hard yourself, people want to get around a positive person. And then you're, you know, you're sharing your struggles that you've overcame and people are really connecting with you on a deeper level. Yeah, definitely. You know, because I know success is all about habits, right? I think habits, 80, 80 or 90 percent of what we do on a daily basis is based on habits. And so what is your ritual? So sit home pro. So you can write down sit home pro. And everyone's always, you know, chaos in the morning. So let me give you what an example of what not to do and exactly what I do. I used to go to bed and I held my, and this is, this to me, if someone was like, what one thing would you do is this, sit home pro. What I used to do is I used to go to bed and I laid in bed and I would text or type a message or something on my phone or scroll through Facebook. And then I'm staring at the phone and then, you know, I'll go to sleep and I wake up and what do you do? Who messaged me? What email do I got? What text messages? What you're doing is you're completely disconnecting with your true self. And if you can connect with your true self, you're going to eliminate stress. You're going to eliminate anxiety. So I do sit home pro. And this is my method. Is at night, I turn my phone onto airplane mode and I lay down. I don't like any electronics in my room. I don't even like to lay in the bed with my phone 
ever because it subconsciously makes you feel like that's a workstation where it's a sleep station. So sit home pro is the acronyms. S is for silence. Wake up, spend a little time in silence. It gives you a chance to get aligned. And when you're doing that, you can just be consciously breathing, not talking to everybody and, you know, blabbing and ideally not listening to anyone do anything. Just a moment of silence, a few moments of silence. And then I go into, and, and there, this can be in any order. So sometimes people get so worried about the details that they forget to do everything. But this is my morning ritual, silence, and then incantations. And let me give you an example of that. Uh, when I used to surf, I wasn't the best surfer, but I wanted to become better. I would say to myself, I'm so grateful and blessed that the best waves come to me. I commit. I relax. I keep my eyes on the prize. I work harder than ever. And I demand my subconscious mind to perform at a higher level than I know possible. I would say that over and over and over in the water. And it worked. I started to catch better waves. But I do that right now on land during the day. And I say, I'm so grateful and blessed that the best things happen to me. I commit, I relax, I keep my eyes on the prize, I work harder than ever, and I demand my subconscious mind to perform at a higher level than I know possible. See, if you say that over and over and over, that's exactly what's going to happen in your life. That's the I for incantations. Incantations are powerful. Write down something that you want to become and say it out, out loud. Then the T is for thankfulness, filling up with gratitude each day. The H in home is for hydrate. It's important in the morning to get super hydrated, drink water, put lemon in it. I fill up a big glass jug and get hydrated. O is for organize. See, during the morning, I'll spend a couple minutes just quickly organizing so the room isn't a mess or your workstation isn't crazy and chaos. You don't have dishes in the sink. You know, just organize for five or ten minutes. It'll make you feel tidy and ready to go. And I'm not a super over-organized person, and this gives me the ability to have clarity to feel at peace. During this, maybe you're listening to some music. So M is for music. And you put on something that's making you feel good, inspiring music. So whatever it is that gets you in that flow state that makes you feel good and calm or energized. The E is for exercise. To do a two, three, five minute exercise in the morning is so powerful. Of course, I, I like to tell everybody, do an 18-minute workout. Do an 18-minute workout. Get your body going. and improves your metabolism. But what it's shown scientifically, it, it helps people eliminate stress. Because if you do the hardest thing first thing in the morning, the rest of your day is easy. Then I go into pro, P-R-O, pray, read, optimize. I like to pray and I like to believe that there's a higher power, my creator, that I was designed for something big. I like to pray with gratitude and ask specifically for the things that I want. Then read, read a book, read the Bible, read something that makes you feel inspired. Like today I'm reading this book called Impossible to Ignore, creating memorable content to influence decisions. Great book. And then the O is for optimize. It's when you use your creativity and visualized imagination to see what you want for the day. If you just close your eyes, and we'll do this really quick, and I'll turn it back over. If you just close your eyes, I want you to close your eyes right now, and I want you to imagine doing a pull-up. Okay, and this is hard for people because most people can't even do a pull-up with their eyes closed. I want you just to do three pull-ups. So close your eyes and imagine one, two, three. Now, if you open your eyes, this is the purpose of that. If you were to visualize yourself doing 10 pull-ups before you do pull-ups, they're going to be so much easier because what I used to notice is I closed my eyes and I couldn't even do one pull-up with my eyes closed. And then I expected to get up on the pull-up bar and do a pull-up. So that's my thing. Sit home pro, silence, incantations, thankfulness, hydrate, organize, music, exercise, pray, read, optimize. I do that before I turn my phone on. And that's the way I can be aligned in my greatest version of that day. Well, you know, that was so, so good. Thank you. Um, Really good stuff here. I'm going to go re-MLMation. I'm going to recap this on the show notes page. But I love it, Stephen. You know I, I'm, I, when you told me to ask you about the ritual, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Because I love routines and rituals. And uh, basically, you just summed up my morning. 
You know, there's a, <laughs> you send them my morning. The only thing I would actually add in there, I meditate. So instead of music, I meditate. But I love what you talk about, like, uh, the op, uh, visualizing the pull-up. Because that is so true. Like, most people, they can't even visualize anything, right? So they can't, like, even, like, picking up the phone with the core prospect. They, don't, they can't even visualize it in their mind. So, of course, when they actually pick up the phone, they stutter, they get nervous, they can't, the words don't come out, they get tongue-tied. That is really good. It's, like, one of the first times I've heard that. And they actually done studies where... Uh, they had groups of ba- uh, there are three groups of people. They're shooting uh, free throws on a basketball court, right? Shoot free throws, and these are people. They're not like professionals. It's just they don't really play basketball. And they took the they tracked three groups and they tracked the scores. And then afterwards, they gave them a break. And then one group they let them practice for twenty minutes for shooting. Uh, one group they didn't practice at all. And the third group, what they did was they let them just sit in the chair and close their eyes and visualize practicing. And that's all they did. So then afterwards, they tested these three groups again. The ones who practiced obviously did a little bit better. The ones who didn't practice didn't get any better or it got worse. But the amazing thing is the ones who just sat in the chair, they improved almost as much as the ones who actually were on the court practicing. It's incredible. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. And you did it. You, you really talked about it. Like most people can't visualize pulling a pull-up. You're right. And like they can't visualize talking to a prospect. They don't they can't visualize themselves answering an objection. Actually, if anything they visualize, they visualize the negativity, right? They visualize, oh, I'm gonna screw up on the or the person's not gonna sign up, or I'm gonna they're gonna ask me a question I can't answer. And they're visualizing the wrong way. But super, super good stuff. I'm gonna recap this. Sit home pro. I love it, I love it. I will put it in ML Nation. We'll put it in the show notes page. Just search for Steven. When you go to MLNation.net, I will outline it there. Oh, hey, I really appreciate your time, Stephen. Just moving on because I know your time is valuable. Um, how did you, you built a successful business. How did you transition to want to start your own company? What was your vision and purpose to creating? Because your company recently just launched. What was the purpose and vision behind that? Great question. And I liked how you touched on meditation too, not to go back, but I'm also reading this book called Mindful Work, how meditation is changing business from the inside out. And I can even share with all your listeners a great meditation that I put together just about love because when you meditate, you have an internal communication device and the best way to describe it, it's like a busy highway. You know, so if you're in rush hour traffic, if you don't clear your mind through silence and meditation, you're always feeling like you're in that chaotic traffic moment. So every day I'll do that silence and meditation, and I'm glad you brought that up. So that's another big thing I, I believe in practice on. But um, to shoot forward, you know, I had a very unique situation. I wasn't successful for many years. I was in 30 different companies. I bought all the products. I went to all the events. Uh, I had the best mentors or leveraged in the right company, the right place at the right time, and I kept failing. And when I started to make the shift of faith first, work hard on myself, and a project that was bigger than my problem, I started to, started to, started to share my story, and I did it every day, even when people weren't listening, and then people started to attract me, which then, as the result, I started to build up my own little business And it took off. It took off because what we were focused on usually wasn't the actual product or the company. It was self-growth. And that's what I was talking about. And I would do my own little webinars and videos and trainings just on self-growth. And that's real easy when you're talking about your story of something that you already overcame because you don't have to make up anything. And you don't even really need to study anything. You just keep sharing with people. And as I started to get success... And I was invited to speak on stage and, you know, I go and I speak on stage and, you know, we're at a marketing event and I talked about spiritual currency, cashing in on the intangible, you know, because those were things that were motivating me. But what I was doing is I was setting myself up for success because I was focusing on what made me happy. And that's where it all came to be. You know, I started to build the company and making the money. And I just realized on the inside that I wasn't fulfilled. And I, I run in this to a lot with people who are, you know, great corporate jobs making 100, 200,000 a year and they're not happy. And it was the same exact thing. The money wasn't what made me happy. I believe we all have a purpose. We were all born to do something in this life and we all have a gift. And if we deny that 
we feel the disconnect in on the inside. So it doesn't matter how much money we have or what kind of house we live in or what kind of car, how you know famous we are. If we're not doing what we were born to do, we feel disconnected. So I started to create the income and I made the hardest decision of my life. I walked away from both companies that I was doing well in. And I, in the one company, I had over 7,000 people in my team. Uh, the number two earner was directly in my team and money was you know, flowing in. And I wasn't the top earner, but I hadn't put a tremendous amount of effort to it either. I decided on the inside that I wouldn't keep building that business and then you know, take my whole team or everything and then put, launch it into a new company. I just knew on the inside that I was going to launch a company and I had no idea what it was. But the, the day was two, a little over two years ago and I'm walking down the beach in Hawaii and I asked myself the question, what do you want out of life? And I kept asking my, over and over, what do you really want? You know, The answer was so simple, it was just kind of frustrating. It's just, I just want to be happy. And then I'm you know, come to the aha moment that everybody just wants to be happy. So then you ask yourself the next question, well, what does it make you make, make you happy, Stephen? And it's to be healthy. You know, I just lost a friend from cancer my age, and I didn't want to go through that again. I didn't want to worry about disease. I didn't want to worry about not having energy or being sick. So I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be wealthy. And it wasn't so I could have a Ferrari or a mansion. It was so I could contribute. And so I could grow things and create. So I wanted to be wealthy and I wanted to have love. You know, I wanted to be in meet, have meaningful friendships and relationships, good relationships with my family. So those answers to the one question that I believe that we all have, you know, what is it that I want out of life? That inspired me. And we went on a, an unbelievably challenging journey because I decided that it was best to self-fund this. And I'm taking all of the income that I'm earning, and you know how it is in network marketing, you get paid out either weekly or monthly, and every week I'd take the money and I'd put it into investing into the company. I didn't realize how much money it would take or how hard it is, so all the entrepreneurs and everybody who's started and launched a company, I heavily respect that, and for those of you that think it's really simple and easy, it's unbelievably hard, because I'd been an affiliate or a distributor with many different companies, and you sometimes overlook how big of an advantage it is to have everything ready for you, turnkey ready to go, where you have the products, the system, the sales process, the, the merchant accounts, the billing, the collections, the accounting, the attorneys. All of these things were what I would soon discover to be a tremendous amount of work. So I started to do that day in and day out. And the only reason I believe it happened is because that project was bigger than my problem and because I was born to do this. It wasn't just something that I wanted to do to be socially accepted or to be famous or to have money. It's something I wanted to do because in my heart, the, the vision was how can I help other people become their greatest? And I had been paid you know, tens of thousands of dollars to work directly one-on-one -on -one with people. And to watch them make that huge shift to have an awakening, a transformation, mind, body, or spirit, to watch them do that, it's the most inspiring feeling ever. So I knew the only bigger thing that I could do is open up the door to do this with anybody, not just the person who had tens of thousands of dollars, that I could open up the door and I could create a, a company and a platform and a message that could help people do that as well. And the company is all about health, wealth, and love. And those are the things that I wanted in my life. And the best advice I ever got in business was if you take whatever your biggest struggle, you figure it out and you turn that into a business, it'll be the best decision in your life. The reason is all the research and development and the time and the money it takes to overcome a problem is the same investment it would take to go into creating something that you're not familiar with. And then your whole life is connected to this one thing. And see, when I speak with somebody and I talk to them, they know that I'm not making anything up. They know this is real. They, they know that they can do it as well because it's a true story that anybody can do. And that's really good uh, business advice. And, like, 
you know, after I've been doing uh, coaching and training, a uh, coaching company, MLM Nation, for four years, and definitely agree with you, MLM is way easier than starting your own company. And when you talk about merchant accounts and customer service and all that, I was like smiling. I was like, yes, it's <laughs> a pain in the neck. And, <laughs> and, and it's, like, it's work. I mean, network marketing's work, too, but it's fun work, right, talking to you. This is like when you're dealing with merchant accounts and like admin work, it's, it's boring and not fun work. And you also brought something that uh, I just, just learned that recently, and you, you hit around the spot. Like, if you're an MLM listeners, if you ever think about it, once you get your residual, you want to start another business, there's two ways to go about it. Number one, before you start anything, go take out 50 people that you think will be the potential customers or problem and take them out to dinners and lunches and find out what's their problem, what the struggles are, so you have a better idea what the needs are before you start a business. Okay, And that may take you months to do, and I highly recommend you do that. Or you can do what Stephen just shared. Just your, take, take your biggest struggle and make that into business because you are – because when you do that 50 lunches, you're basically getting market research. But if you've been through all that crap already, like Stephen has, you have all that market research firsthand already. And you know it way better than talking to any other people. So really good, fantastic business advice there. Stephen, I have to ask you uh, this question. I was actually, um, because you brought it up, and it affects most distributors, is their inability to love themselves, right? It was your inability to love yourself. And when I say love, doesn't doesn't mean you're listening out there, you go into addiction and all that stuff, but it's like you don't see yourself as a leader. And, and, and this is like the talk. I hope to be successful. I hope this works out. Or, or you're presenting yourself. Most people can't prospect, can't sign up people because they're presenting in the past, Meaning, or the or the present. Meaning, like they're presenting, like oh, I haven't made it yet. I'm struggling financially. I'm not successful yet, and it's really loving on yourself. So, how do people, uh, Stephen? If you give you know one or two tips, how can people overcome that to really, to really increase their confidence? Well, let's go to the deepest part of that because it's something I'm very familiar personally and helping other people. And most of the time, it has nothing to do with addiction and substance abuse. So let's take the whole world and say 80% don't have never experienced that. But a lot of people face depression, anxiety, stress, and it's self-worth and confidence. And this morning, I had a chance to talk with someone in a coaching session, and her whole thing was – she had guilt, self-worth struggles. She's like, I don't think anyone would want to hear me or listen to my story. And I'm sitting there in awe because I was already moved by what she was saying. And, you know, it leads to depression. And some really simple advice is if you're in a place, whether it's depressed or simply you feel that you don't have the confidence, the self-worth to talk to people, First of all, I want you to realize that you can't out-earn your self-worth. If you only think you're worth, you know, on a 1 to 10 of 5 or $10,000, you can't out-earn that. And that goes through when you talk, start telling your story to other people. So the first thing I think is so simple is pick one tiny little phrase and commit to that every day. So you're going to write it down, put it on a mirror, put it on a wall. And I think the easiest and the best one is just, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And, and this isn't foo-foo. And this isn't, this is simple subconscious programming that you're saying, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. There's a big study of a guy who wrote a book and he had a, he made my life look like, you know, really good with the stuff he had went through, but deep, dark depression. And all he did is start saying, I love myself, I love myself all day long out loud and writing it down and spend about seven minutes a day meditating on that exact one phrase. And it could be anything, but that's a good, strong one for everybody to use. And if you could do that every day, what will happen is in the areas of your life that you're not living up to the standard that you know that you can live up to, whether it's your, let's say it's your health, the reason you're not active and motivated and eating well or exercising is because you're telling yourself that you can't. You're telling yourself that you don't have the energy or you don't have the motivation or you don't have the time. That all leads back to the same thing. You don't love yourself because if you love yourself, you're going to spend that 5, 10, 18 minutes a day doing a quick little workout because what happens if you do that, it shakes off all the cobwebs of fear and anxiety and it restores the truth. The truth is you are good enough. 
You're capable of doing anything. You can overcome any challenges and you have a powerful story and gift. You are boundless. You are ultimate. You are unlimited. And it only takes that simple thought. A thought is, a, you know, a belief is a thought you keep thinking over and over. So you have to believe that you, you're good enough. And I would start with that. Number one, a simple phrase that you apply every day. And I'm talking go overboard with this. You know, and don't worry about other people who are looking at you. You know, why is this person saying they love themselves? Write it down on a sticky note. Put it on the wall. Say it out loud. That one simple thing will begin to shift and everything else will fall in place. And the number two thing is get in a community. And what I mean by that is perfect example right here. Me and Simon haven't known each other very long, but I want to be part of the MLM Nation community. I want to get involved. I want to, you know, I want to contribute to what he's doing. It's not about me giving, you know, give, 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 and give, you know, where you're taking, taking, taking. It's about me wanting to give and to contribute. And this is the common misunderstanding that when you don't have anything, like financially, that it's hard to give to others, but you can still give your time and volunteer and contribute. So get into a community and contribute to that community. And so I'm, and I'm just going to do this as something I was already planning on doing. I want to get into the MLM Mason community. You know, I want to be part of the program. I want to figure out ways to contribute and to make Simon's life better. What, what can I do to be a part of this community? Because once you get into a community of like-minded people and you start to contribute, what happens is this. First of all, people then go, wow, I mean, who is this person? And they want to then be part of your life. Then you're you're starting to tell yourself, well, maybe I do have something to offer. Maybe my story is good enough. And you slowly start making that shift. And it's long before you made any money. It's long before you got on stage. It begins right now today in this moment. You say, I love myself, and I'm going to get involved in a community and start to contribute to that community. I'm going to, maybe you're not the leader yet, but you can support that leader. You can support that leader, encourage them to keep doing that hard work because it's helping you. You know, whatever it is that you can do to contribute to that community, those two things fundamentally will give you the self-worth, the confidence that you need to go connect with people on a deeper level. And if you just, and, and you know, if there was a third one, it was really just being vulnerable, you know, opening up to the community, sharing with them what you've overcame, how you did it and being positive about it. So those are the three tips I would give right now. Fantastic. Well, Thank you. You know, there's a book I was, I've referred to a few times, Give and Take by Adam Grant, talking about all the successful people in life are giver, giver, givers. Uh, they actually don't think of anything in return. Uh, and so, you know, thank you. You've been a definitely huge giver. Uh, way better. You know, I knew this interview was going to be good, but even way, way better. You know, talk about Sit Home Pro, what you just shared about how to get someone to love themselves, increase the self-worth. Really good stuff. Thank you for being such a giver, Stephen. It's my pleasure. And that's just what makes you happy, you know, to be part of a great community that you you've done so much work to to put this together. And I'm really grateful. I look forward to, you know, being part of your community and supporting as much as possible. What can a dollar get you nowadays? Definitely not Starbucks and probably not even a bagel with cream cheese. Your best dollar investment is a seven day trial to MLM Nation Insider. For just $1, you can have access to all my implementation guide trainings, such as how to create shareable social media posts, how to run your first home meeting, how to do your first one-on-one meeting, and much more for just one buck. These courses are normally $47, but with your dollar trial, you can get them all for free for seven days. Go check it out at mlmnationinsider.com. That is mlmnationinsider.com. Hey, I mean, before I let you go, some really quick questions to pick your brain, Stephen. And these could be really, really quick, like one-word answers or one sentence, okay? So you don't need to go deep. So the first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Stop worrying and start living. Dale Carnegie. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Prayer. Prayer. The Prayer is the miracle behind hard work. 
Mm, I like that. I like that. The miracle behind hard work. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you ever received, Stephen? It was just to share my story. It really was. That's what I felt trapped with. I wasn't sharing the truth of who I was. What's a favorite prospecting tool you recommend? So do you recommend uh, if someone's a qualified prospect, just use online videos to do a webinar or sit down using a flip chart or a company newsletter? What would you recommend? Well, always, you know, work with someone who's willing, you know, find people who want to change and build a relationship with those who are willing to do something about it is the philosophy. But right now, 100%, you have to adapt to video. It's everything is changing socially. You can see it on Facebook, YouTube and Facebook and Snapchat and they're in Twitter are having a huge war. Everybody wants to be the best. And that leads down to video. So overcome your struggles. with. And this is something we're putting a lot of effort into helping other people overcome your fear of making a video and make the videos and put them out there because that's really how people get to connect with you and feel like they know you. And as silly as Snapchat may have seemed to a lot of you, I've adapted to it because it's the one place of getting to know somebody that's so much different than the other platforms. So, you know, even getting out of your comfort zone and going into a Snapchat and saying, okay, I'm going to figure this thing out. I don't know what it is. It's some game. But there's a lot of value behind connecting with people through that. Do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote or a favorite app on your phone you could recommend? Wow, I use a lot of them. I mean, I, I like Dropbox because it's great for sharing. Um, I like um, Dropbox is good for if you're doing a lot of videos and you're collaborating with different people. But something like Basecamp is good for an organizational tool that's very simple. You know, it, it doesn't have – it's easy to understand where you have your task management. And those, you know, those would be the simple ones I would kind of adapt to. What's one book you could recommend to ML Nation? Um, the power of the subconscious mind. What's the author? Joseph Murphy. Yeah, that that to me helped me realize some stuff about forgiveness, even with addiction, and just how powerful our minds are. So, I would I would definitely go through that book or audio book, whatever it may be. And there's another one called Sleep Smarter. It's really good as well because that sleeping is so powerful, right? You get a good night of rest and you just feel so good. Sleep Smarter with Sean Stevenson. Oh, yes. You know what? I love that book. It's, you're the first one I actually recommended it. I read that. It's like new. A, it's fairly new, right? Fairly new. About a year and a half, maybe two years now. In 2014, it came out. Really good stuff. And a lot of little tips. It's like a $4 book on Kindle, too. Very good stuff. Yeah. And with books, it's something I want to recommend because I got real held up with reading. Um, I, you know, I, I was troubled with reading. It took me a long time to finish a book. And I, I let go of all that perfection. And I decided, you know what? Just read a chunk here and there. I have like 15 books in front of me. I'll read a paragraph and then switch to another one. Or I'll pop on an audio book. So don't get held up with reading cover to cover just read if you read every day it's like a muscle and you'll begin to use it and it'll be a lot easier and fun and reading's been a big bonus in the last hey, couple of years of my life thank you for dro- you're dropping nuggets left and right it's, it's that's so true i think if you just read a book and this is one of my aha moments if you just treat a book like a blog or like a facebook feed exactly. and just read a couple of nuggets and just never read the book again but you get so much more than if you try to read the book to cover to cover so thank you for sharing that Book blitz, you know, buy a bunch of books and just blitz through them. <laughs> yes, yes, so, so good. Hey, here's the last question, Stephen, the million-dollar question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here's the million-dollar question. You imagine you had to start all over again and you knew no one. So you're like an alien that went, down to, went to another planet and they spoke English. But yet all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom, what's the first thing you do to find prospects or the first place you go to find prospects and build an ML business from scratch? I would go exactly to where I was happy. So if I was happy in church, I'd go to the church. If I was happy in, in a gym, I would go into the gym. I wouldn't try to look in the areas that I don't know anything about. Go right where you're connected because then you can just be – it's like don't sell anybody anything. Just share with people. 
And sharing with people is how you create friendships. And those friendships lead to, you know, it leads to a lifelong business partner or somebody that you can help in on their journey. And it just start exactly with where you're happy. And that's the easiest pl- path to go. The other thing is like not trying to convince other people to, to adapt to your happiness. Just support people. Believe in what they, they want to do. No matter if you think it's right or wrong, just encourage them and give them that m- motivation that, hey, your dream is important and I believe that you're going to achieve it. Those fundamental elements of building relationships are so powerful because in network marketing, a lot of people try to make you love their product or make you love their level of happiness, and it's a disconnect from the beginning. So wash away that. Realize we're all one and created equally and unite with one another based on what they want to have in their life and focus on what you want for happiness. Awesome. Hey, Stephen, you've been super, super awesome. Thank you for sharing. And what's the best way our listeners can connect with you and learn about what you're doing? Just easy to go to stephenmunson.com, and that leads you to my social media channels or mrmunson.com. And, you know, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. I do a Facebook Live every single day. It's called Live at Five, your daily motivation, inspiration, relaxation, and transformation station. So, yeah, you can go to either one of those, and I'm always around. I'm, I'm typically online and helping people, but I love, I love hearing people's stories of overcoming things, and I'm always looking to help people get to the next level. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and today you've been hanging out with Steven Munson. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.net and just type in Steven, just type in Steven at the search bar, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, and the show notes and... Uh, the links is to his website, and all the nuggets that he shared today will be right there. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So, Stephen, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Hey, thank you so much. You're awesome. God bless you, Stephen. Remember, the best is yet to come. Do you want to know the foolproof follow-up formula? or three elements of fast-growing organizations, or my co-market recruiting secrets, you can get these $47 courses along with all my other $47 trainings for only $1 by taking a seven-day trial to MLM Nation Insider. Go to MLMNationInsider.com for the special trial offer. Again, MLMNationInsider.com for the special $1 trial. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan, and wow, that was good. I'm like, well, I don't even know where to begin on the, you know, it, for me to talk to him, it's just, it's, number one, it's just cool to meet givers. Give, give, give. I think if you didn't catch that, people are successful, are big time givers. And I know Steve is starting a company. He's super, super busy. Uh, interview went long, but he was just giving so many nuggets. Like, I don't even know where to start. I think number one, obviously, sit home pro, right? In how to start the success is about rituals. It really reminded me of how I start my day, basically. Number one, silence. Turn off the phones. Turn off the computer. Be in silence. You know, work be on the offense. Work on your day. Don't react to something. Right? Why do you have to react? Why do we like a, need a stimulant, like a Facebook or email to a text message? We should be proactive on our day. Silence. Sit home of I is incantations. These are like your affirmations, right? I'm so blessed. I love myself. I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, T is thankfulness. Gratitude, right? Uh, H is hydrate. Water. You know, I drink 32 ounces of water immediately when I get up. Really important. O, being organized. Go through your plan, right? Uh, he talks about organize your office, organize your space. Go through your agenda. What do you have to do today? M is music. E is exercise. Everyone has like even one or two minutes of exercise. Even if you're jumping up and down or do five, ten squats or just do jumping jacks, anything. And you know what? It gets your lymph flowing and it gets your heartbeat going, blood flowing, really good stuff. Uh, Pray. Okay? Pray. R, read. O is to optimize. Optimize is, and and that thought that was awesome, is visualizing. Like most people can't even visualize a pull-up. And you cannot, you're not visualizing. If you're struggling prospecting, you're not visualizing the call. You just see, oh, if anything, you're visualizing, you're visualizing the negative. Right? And in many ways, we are visualizing. We're not visualizing positive. Most people, you're visualizing, I hope this business becomes successful. That's negative. I hope this person picks up the phone. That's negative. I hope they, uh, I hope they join. 
that's negative because you're expecting them to not join. So visualizing the positive. Yeah, really good sit-home pro. Moving on, I talk about, towards the end, about loving yourself, having the self-worth. You know, you can't out-earn your self-worth. You cannot out-earn your self-worth. So how do you out-earn? You know, as you start off, you give three tips. Start with, I love myself, right? Be grateful who you are. Uh, number two, get in the community and give, give, give. And that was one of the easiest ways to develop self-esteem and confidence. Give, give, give. Because you talked about it. When you start giving, contributing, you start feeling you have something to offer. Because this business, 99%, I say, some people say 90, I say 99% is all mental mindset. Because if you don't have it, doesn't matter what skill you have, you're not going to be successful. Third thing is be vulnerable. You know, be vulnerable. And that transitions, the third thing is, his turning point was sharing the story. His message was simple, but the story. Sharing his, you know, his worst moments. Your prospects can't relate to your success. They can relate to your worst moments. That's something I learned in my story. Sharing, like, you know, when I lived in a tiny apartment, when, you know, uh, all those things, like, you know, not being able to uh, spend time with my dad at a time when he was when young because he didn't have time for us. Sharing the worst moments, the challenges, that is what people can relate to. Okay? Uh, so a couple of tips you shared. Be, you know, be short and, you know, in terms of video, get, be, be comfortable doing videos. It's really important now. Be short and straight. Show compassion. Be positive. Right? Speak the truth and how you overcame it. Speak what happened. And then teach them how. One or two tips how. They basically give you a formula to write great videos. Number one, short and straight. Number two, compassion. Number three, be positive. Number four, speak the truth on how you overcame it, and number five, teach how. Teach the next steps of what they can do. Uh, another thing that we talk about, his formula for success is he's put his, number three steps, put his faith first. Number two, he worked on himself. You know, before he always worked on others, worked on his job, he never worked on himself with his personal development. And I don't think we need to talk about that because you're working on yourself here uh, by listening to the show. And also focusing on a project that's bigger than your problem. Oh, I like that. It goes back to your vision. Right? And I don't know if you, Talk about, like, if you really got this, uh, the turning point for Stephen was what? When he went to Hawaii. It's a change in environment. All that happened because change of environment. So it talks about where you're going to be five years from now. It's all dependent on the people you spend time with, the books and events you go to, and your self-development. Your environment is really important. Changing the people he's around with. Because even back then, you know, he was surrounded by his party friends or that lifestyle. He had to escape and go somewhere different. Right, the changing the people and their environment. That when he went to Hawaii, that was actually when he started seeing life a totally different way. So, and you know what? He had no money there. You know, uh, he got a one-way ticket. And he ended up staying there. So, super uh, awesome episode. I don't, I'll keep this recap short. You know, uh, it was really. It's just been a long show, but really good stuff. Make sure you connect with Stephen Stephen Munson. Um, go out there. Go to you know. Go to the show notes page mlnation.net. Just put in Stephen S T E P H E N or Munson M U N S O N. The show notes will be there. Connect with them. Awesome guy. And if you have issues too, you know, deep down you're hurting someone. Hey, reach out to him. He would love to find a way to help you. Trust me. Good sincere guy there. Reach out to him. Um, if you like these shows, I know this is a purple episode. It's different. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. They leave a lot of you have been sending me messages. Say you love the show. The only thing I ask of you, please leave a review on iTunes. That would be really helpful. That's who I ask. And that just motivates me, but also helps other people find the show. Right? We're all in the same community here. We support each other. So please do that. And thank you for sharing. Thank you. you know, again, thanks again, Stephen Munson, for making an amazing show, amazing lessons. We're really about the rituals, habits, what it takes to be successful, not just in business, but in life. So thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Make sure you connect with him. And thank you, ML Nation, for listening. And remember, we're in the business to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. So prepare to take off.